Fatherhood is fascinating. One day you're dad of the year, and the next day is, well, the next day. Welcome to Positively Dad, a podcast designed to help dads embrace the journey. Thanks for joining us for Positively Dad. My name is James Shaw. I'm your host. I'm a dad, and I thank you for listening. I started Positively Dad earlier this year just to be a resource for dads. There's just not a lot out there in the parenting world for dads. Everything's pretty much for mom. And earlier this year, back in March, we decided to launch Positively Dad, again, just to bring value to you. We do two podcasts every single week. And uh, the one you're listening to right now is one of our more traditional podcasts. This is where I talk to an expert about something that we should think about as you know, parents or just people or partners. And it's something that's going to help us. Every Thursday, I do a dad talk episode where I talk to a dad about being a dad. And that's what I love more than anything, being a dad. My wife, Terry, and I are the proud parents of a seven and a half year old. She would say seven and three quarters. Her name's Naomi. She's in second grade. She'll join us at the end of the podcast today. She always does the kids' corner. So you want to stick around for that. And again, my goal is to help us grow as partners, parents, and people and talk about things that maybe we aren't thinking about that would really be something we should think about. And today we're going to talk about something that it's not necessarily a fun conversation and one that can help us. And that's about dealing with grief. And as we get into the holiday season, there's a lot of different emotions. And for many families, it's exciting. It's wonderful. It's fun. We have traditions. We've got new things and gifts and family and food and all that kind of stuff. Sometimes when you get in this time of year, you have families that are dealing with a loss, maybe the holiday season with the first time without a family member. And that can be challenging. And that's something that we could use some growth in when it comes to just how to handle grief and how to support people through it. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And my guest is Dr. David Wheeler. Dr. David Wheeler is uh, out in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and uh, he is a uh, licensed psychologist. And I got connected with him because I wanted to do this episode on grief. And maybe you've lost a family member or something like that. And how do you handle it? And David is actually going to walk us through the grief that he and his family experienced when his wife passed away very suddenly and unexpectedly, and how he got his, he had adult children, how he got his adult children through that, how he handled it, what he learned through that. And then we get his background as a psychologist as well to give us some things to think about either if we're going through some grief or if someone we know is going through some grief, how we can support them. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Let's jump in and have the conversation. Dr. Wheeler, thank you so much for joining us on Positively Dad. Yes, thank you for having me. Well, I'm excited to have you on, and I think this is a, a valuable conversation for us to talk about kids and grief, which happens, you know, at all ages from, you know, teenage years all the way on down and so on and so forth. So it's a valuable conversation for us. And so I appreciate you joining us. You're a, a psychologist, and you've done this for quite some time and helped lots of kids through all sorts of different things, right? I have worked with quite a few, mainly adolescents, the children's home where I've been for 26 years, and uh, a lot of that supervising other clinicians. But yes, I've been doing it a while. Yeah, you have a lot of experience. And then just to give our listeners a little bit of perspective, I mean, you and your family went through some really tough times just a few years ago when you lost your wife. And so just as a as a partner and as a dad, you have, what, three adult children, I believe, to walk through that. Tell us just a little bit about what that was like for you, and then we're going to dive into to talking about teens and kids and, and grief. Yeah, my kids were older, and that does make a, 
a big difference, of course. My oldest had already launched and was forming her own family and had gotten married just a few months before. My middle daughter was in college and my, my youngest child, my son, had just graduated high school. So although they were older, of course, you know, grief is not a respecter of persons and anybody at any age, you know, can feel the pain of loss. And so my wife passed away unexpectedly in an auto accident. So my son was with me when we got the call that something had, had happened, that she'd been in a wreck. And, and he and I jumped in the car and we went to a, a place close by to meet my middle daughter to, to join us to, to head to the scene of the accident. But while we were waiting for her, I got another call that, um, informed me that she had passed away and, and it might not be better for me to bring them there. And so it was totally unexpected, totally a shock. And um, that began our process of grieving that, you know, so many other people go through for different types of losses in different ways. So that was that was kind of the start of it. We had a lot of really good support and we had good support from each other. We, we had a strong faith and, and you know, still draw from that uh, relationship with God. So we worked through it uh, together and individually over time. And, and of course, that is an ongoing process, but it's been now two years going on two and a half years. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for sharing it with us, because I think it gives perspective. And, and you know, I'm so sorry you and your family had to experience that. I can't imagine what that's like. Yet this has been part of your world all the time. You've dealt with people experiencing all types of grief or anxiety or depression or, you know, something that you've got to guide them through. What are, you know, some of the things then, I guess, that you just look at and go, all right, these are the stages that we can help through this. Because, you, you know, you go, you're two and a half years in, you still go through stuff. Where do we start? And what does this process look like to be able to support our family when they're grieving? Well, you know, at, at the start of a loss, sometimes there are some practical things that can be done. I know one thing that helped our family tremendously, and I thought was such a nice, a nice and thoughtful thing. I had a, a, a couple of friends from years and years past who came over and said, you know, for the next few days, we're just going to hang out and take care of things. When people come, we're going to greet them. We're going to take food. We're going to keep track of who came, what they did. And you just take care of yourself. You you don't have to answer the door. You don't have to greet people. You don't have to visit. If you want to be alone, you can be alone. If you want to sit and have a conversation with someone, have it. It was quite an incredible blessing because I think people sometimes are, their heads are swimming, just the, the reality acceptance of it, but also just all the activity and the things you have to deal with and address from a practical standpoint. So that was a, that was a tremendous blessing. And I'll never forget that. But emotionally, I think Really, the key is to be present, but not to try to say a lot. And that is really, really hard for us. When we have someone that that is hurting, that we care about, we want to make them feel better. And the way we typically do that is to try to say something. Uh, I guess the other thing is to bring food in. And bringing food is just a really practical way that, you know, a lot of people culturally and traditionally have, have tried to show support. And there's other ways, of course. I had one friend come over and power wash my front porch, you know, just to be able to do something. And so you appreciate those things. 
But we also want to say something. And you hear so many people who've gone through losses who have gotten frustrated or angry about things that were said in the best of intentions. I didn't feel that way because I've known for a long time that the things we say are not particularly helpful, but we feel like we have to say them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, God needed that person in in heaven or he plucked that person and put it, you know, he needed a rose in his garden or whatever. And people were thinking, well, I needed them too. I mean, mm-hmm. he has plenty of people I need, you know, and just so many things that are the best of intentions. Right. And And what's surprising is even knowing that and having been through you know, some losses and learn that previously, I still do it sometimes. I feel compelled to, to, to say something that might help, even though I know it, it won't. Presence is important. And the ability to be present and say, we really care about you, and I'm sorry for your loss, and then just be there. Uh, it's hard to be present sometimes when you're supporting someone who's hurting. But that that's a powerful thing. That's a way of sharing their grief without hurting them. Yeah, well, and it's one of those things that it's awkward, isn't it? I mean, as people, we do want to help and say something that's going to make you feel better. And it's this kind of, I mean, the whole reason we're together is because we've experienced some sort of tragedy and, mm-hmm. and you don't know what to say. You know, by being present and, and helping with things, what what do you talk about? What 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 could somebody say that would be helpful? That's a good question. There are a lot of things that are not helpful. I don't know that there's that many that are. I think listening is the best thing. So being present and then and then listening. And sometimes if you're a good listener, the person who is grieving will talk a little bit. They may not because they may not be at a place uh, to be able to process. If you have a close enough trusting relationship, I know I had one friend who had lost his wife uh, years ago, but also was a very close friend. And he came over and he would just hang out and and listen. And sometimes he would talk about his experience in a way that, that was helpful because he shared how hard it was, the different things. Like, <laughs> it was really kind of funny. He said, you know, people would call and I would be trying to bathe the kids. He had several, ch- he had six children when his wife passed away. He said, I'd be trying to bathe the kids. And I think, you know, how are you doing? Well, how do you think I'm doing? And he said, I would get so angry. And, and, and then later, nobody would call later that evening. I would think, well, they don't care about me. They're not calling. <laughs> and he would, he said, you know, it's crazy. It's like, either way, I would get angry and frustrated because that's just where he was at. He just listened and he shared some things like that. And, and uh, because of that relationship that we had, that was extremely helpful. You know, I realized, we're, I'm talking about my own experience, and I realized you're, you're mainly talking about how to help your kids. So I'm, I was about to redirect to think through that. But, but go ahead and say what you were thinking. Your experience is completely relevant here, and that was why I was so interested in having you on. Because you did, as a, as a father, even with older children, you experienced it as a, as a father and a husband. And I think it adds some perspective. So, no, I'm, I love that you're doing both. The thing that I find interesting here is this gentleman who was able to hang out with you and, and walk through this with you, who had experienced it himself, he said, people would ask how you're doing. And his thought was, oh, how do you think I'm doing? Mm-hmm. And it makes me think of, you know, when we are experiencing grief, it's probably pretty important to be honest with people about how you're feeling. Because I, I feel like mm. that maybe when people say, how are you feeling? And we go, well, I'm, I'm fine, except you aren't. 
from your expertise is, is, is years is working in this field. Is there, is it important and is it valuable for you to be honest with people about how you're feeling or is it better just to talk to professional? What do you recommend about that? Probably my professional opinion, but certainly my personal opinion, it, it is good to be honest. And it is, it is perfectly okay to say, I am having a, a really terrible day and I just want to crawl up in the bed and, and stay. But admittedly, you don't, want to say that to everybody at the grocery store but it is good to be able to say you know what this is just really a hard day or or you know what i don't feel like really talking right now i just i think i need to be alone that's a beautiful thing because you're taking care of yourself and if anybody has any empathy at all they should be able to to acknowledge and honor that but sometimes we tell ourselves things like i've got to be strong for other people or i've got to say something that sounds spiritual right now rather than just being real where we're at 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 the time and the the whole i've got to be strong for other people is is really um i think a very uh, it's a two-edged sword you know it yes it might help you kind of get through that moment but it's going to catch up and also i don't know that it always models for the other people how to deal with things so for instance so I have children that are that are pretty much grown at that point in time, but I didn't want to model for them. You have to pretend like everything's okay. I wanted to model what you need to do is take care of yourself. And if you need to talk, to talk. If you need to cry, cry. If you need to be alone, be alone. However, you need to grieve. That's what you need to do. And so I think allowing people to be real and allowing ourselves to be real. And to kind of take care of yourself, I think, is is really important. And I know professionally, years ago, I realized that sometimes people that feel like they have to be, quote unquote, strong, meaning not to express their emotion, if they do that for a while, it can come out much later. It, and it, it, the, the grief can come out years later because you didn't process it at the time. Processing it looks different for everybody. Well, so it doesn't go away. You're just delaying, I guess, the time to to face that and go through the process. That's the way it appears to me after you mm-hmm. know just talking with people that are still experiencing that loss years later. Yeah. So let's talk specifically about how we help young people because this happens. Unfortunately, stuff happens every day where there's something that happens that that we would never wish upon any child, any young person, any person whether it's, um, you know, a family member who they lose or, you know, we, we, you know, something that's happened at school, who knows? What are some things that we as family and friends and, and neighbors, we can do to help young people deal with tough times? I, I guess, in my mind, some of the similar things that we need in grieving uh, of expressing what's going on, kids need to. Some children may not have the words um, to fully express it, but I think allowing them to express it the best of their ability and encouraging them to to be able to talk about whatever they feel, and then, like I said, kind of modeling it of saying, "And yeah, this really felt sad today. I really I, I cried about the loss of your mom or dad today, and we're going to be okay, but we're we're just going to work through it together." You want to try to have that feeling that it's safe to let your feelings out. It's safe to talk about it. I think talking about that person is important. We basically just agreed to talk about my wife and to remember her good, 
bad, funny, uh, just to, to talk. Uh, I remember that first night coming back after uh, we went to her mom's house and, and stayed for a while, and, and my younger two children were with me. And so driving back, you know, we just talked about our experiences. We talked about our recent memories, and um, we talked about whatever came to our minds. And so I think the freedom, most of us, we are going to process it through crying. We're going to process it through talking. Um, and, and those are those are really important ways. Now, for young children that don't have maybe the words, they may also process it in other ways. Their behavior may change. You know, they may act out, be irritable, be clingy, you know, all those things because they're processing it in a way. And they need the, the security and safety of, of being able to do that. Also, in addition to words, I mean, touch is a very powerful thing, too. And we do a lot of hugging, you know, at funerals and things like that because touch can be nurturing. It can be supportive. It's just extremely important. Are there things to look out for as we go through this grieving process that the person grieving might be facing some major challenges that might need some sort of help? Well, you know, that, yeah, that's interesting because so many things are normal parts of grief that can concern other people. You know, you just look at the the stages of grieving that were outlined years ago that were really designed for people that were having a pending loss, like cancer, people with cancer that had been diagnosed terminally ill, of denial and then anger and bargaining and depression and then ultimately acceptance. And so those stages make a lot of sense when you have not had that loss yet. A bargaining, okay, God, if I do this, then can I live longer? Can my loved one live longer? Uh, the denial of, well, maybe they're going to be okay and I'm not going to have to deal with it. So that makes sense from that perspective. Once somebody's lost, it's kind of like, well, how can you deny it? And yet, we do. We think the the phone rings and we think they're calling or we think we see them or, you know, and so it's not hallucinating. It's just your mind wanting to not, you know, or having trouble accepting that loss. And then so going through those other stages, especially anger, I think, you know, it can concern us when our loved one is, is acting very differently and having a really hard time. And yet grief is a hard time. And grief does take time. So when is it problematic or when should they pursue help? I, I guess there's two ways to look at it. When it's problematic or would be diagnosable, I think, is when it continues on uh, at a level that maybe seems higher, uh, more intense, or or maybe too much toward the depressive. For instance, if somebody begins to um, maybe be depressed to the point of considering harming themselves or uh, can't get up and go to work after, you know, several weeks, you know, there are things like that that probably indicate, all right, this person is having complicated grief or it's moving into depression. But that's a kind of a fine line. When is it? When does it go beyond the normal grieving process? Because normal is a, is a rank. The other part of that question is, should they, maybe could they receive help even when it's just normal grief? And I think sometimes that can be the case too. Like they're they're struggling, they're grieving, they're having a hard time having support from a counselor or a pastoral counselor or or somebody that's just a a really good listener may be very helpful in working through that grief process. 
Yeah, I would think that if you're going through something, getting getting some sort of professional advice sooner rather than later would be helpful to just keep you moving in the right direction, right? Right. Yeah, that's exactly right. And and again, for young kids, there uh, sometimes play therapies can be really helpful for them if they don't really have the words to express themselves. Some people are very gifted at at using those modalities to help kids. Right. Right. What are your the final things you'd want to share with somebody that? That, you know, if, if, gosh, if something happens like what you and your family experienced that, what's the advice you'd give to them about, you know, what to do and how to, how to cope and, and how to move forward? Yeah, you know, to me, I guess in helping ourselves and our families cope, my perspective was I want to make them free. I want to make them free to feel whatever they feel, to be able to verbalize whatever is going on, whatever they're experiencing, to be able to give themselves time and to not uh, put expectations on themselves. I've got to keep up a happy face. I've got to say everything's okay. I have to feel okay. I can't talk about what I'm feeling. It might bring somebody else down. You know, if we have good friends, they want to go through it with us. They want to help bear that burden. If we are a friend, then we need to allow the people to feel what they feel and not try and talk them out of it. But in doing that, you can still offer hope. And I think that is sometimes as simple as, you know what, we are going to get through it. It's going to be really hard, but we're going to get through it together. Or yes, it feels like this pain will never end. And we'll always feel the loss, but it will get smaller over time. It will get more livable over time. There is hope and and God is going to take care of us and we're going to take care of each other. Sounds like you and your family have been doing that, right? You get to, you still get to celebrate, you get to visit together, you grieve, and you also, you know, just remember your wife in in a positive way as well. So there's got to be I guess at times, some joy just to be able to talk about her and remember her and celebrate her too. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, laughing early on feels a little bit awkward. Like, well, why are we being happy and laughing when people are over and we just lost our, our loved one? But that's good. That's a part of it too, because we, we do want, it is a mixture of joy and sadness. And then ongoing is going to be that. You have a holiday and and you're going to laugh and enjoy it, and then you're going to remember them and, and feel some sadness, and that they're going to be mixed together, and and that's okay. But sometimes people also have to be given permission to to have a happy day, or to feel happy, because they'll catch themselves. Wait a minute, I'm feeling happy. Uh, I'm I'm not supposed to feel that way, or I'm not supposed to have a good day. That means I didn't care about them, and that's not true. Your loved one would want you to have happiness and they would want you to move on with your life in the best way that you can. So, you, you know, it's a balance. It really is a balance on that. Yeah. Well, Dr. Wheeler, thank you for taking the time to join us and share these tips to, for sharing your story. Um, as you've gone through this, I, I, I just I really appreciate you being willing to do that and to help our listeners. Thank you so much. It was my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you to Dr. Wheeler for being on and sharing with us. I think he gave us a lot of things. First, he shared his personal story, and and I appreciate that very much. Second, he gave us some ideas to think about if we are experiencing some kind of grief and what we can do. And then third, and this is a big one, how we can support the people around us when they're going through tough times. And, uh, you know, 
how, how does what we say impact them? And are we putting some thought into it? And we definitely don't want to disappear. And we want to help and support them too. So Dr. Wheeler, I thank you for joining us and sharing with us today. All right, so let's wrap up the podcast the way we wrap up every podcast. And that's a visit to the Kids Corner. We're going to find out what's on Naomi's mind today. What are the kids thinking? Time to find out in the Kids Corner with your host, Naomi. Hi, my name's Naomi Shaw, and today we will be talking about family. Family is a thing. You might play with them. I like talking about playing a lot because I have new Play-Doh that I play with. If you like Play-Doh, wow, love it. And also, your family, you need your family, otherwise you won't be alive. Your parents need family, otherwise they won't be alive. It'll like go on to generations until nothing's life. I like to play with my family. I like to swim with my family. I like to watch movies with my family. That's it for Naomi's Corner. Have a great day. Bye. Good stuff from Naomi. I thank you for uh, letting her be on and listening to her. And I thank you for listening to Positively Dad. You know, our goal, again, is to help us grow as parents and partners and people. And I trust that we've done that today. We've had a conversation that helped you. And if you liked it, would you share it with somebody? If you are enjoying the podcast, would you rate us and even write a review? That would be great as well. You can subscribe wherever you're listening so you never miss an episode. We have two that come out every single week. So it'd be awesome if you did that. And then finally, we would love to connect with you on all of our social media platforms. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search Positively Dad and you'll find us. And then if you know somebody who'd be a great guest or you would like to be on, just send me an email, james at positivelydad.com, and we'll have you on. Thank you again for listening to Positively Dad. I'm James Shaw. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.